0: Welcome to this special offering of your neighbor a priest, where we'll journey together each week, exploring in roughly five minutes or less a different element of the Episcopal Church. This week, the church calendar. Being a liturgical church, one of the traditions that we live into is the cycle of our year called the liturgical calendar. The liturgical calendar is denoted through the use of various colors to represent the seasons and celebrations of the church year. And often influences the way we pray. For example, when and how often we use the word alleluia in worship. The liturgical calendar begins with the first Sunday of Advent. This is the Sunday that falls four Sundays before Christmas Day. It can be as late in the calendar as December 3rd and as early as November 27th. The first Sunday of Advent not only marks the beginning of the season of Advent but also marks the beginning of a new church year as our lectionary cycle, that is the assigned readings for each Sunday, turns over into a new year. There are three years total in the cycle that rotate through. Advent is a season of preparation, expectation, and hope. It has also often been utilized as a season of penitence, meaning that it is a season especially appropriate for naming our sins, and seeking forgiveness for them, as we prepare ourselves and all of creation for the arrival of the Christ child on Christmas day. The 12 days of Christmas, from Christmas day to the day of the epiphany on January 6th, is a season unto itself, and is followed by a period of so-called ordinary time, wherein we hear the stories of Jesus' ministry and teaching culminating with what we call Transfiguration Sunday, where we hear from the three synoptic gospels, that is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, called synoptic because they include many of the same stories, often in a similar sequence and in similar or sometimes identical wording. We hear from them the story of Jesus's transfiguration, which is a holy transformation and acknowledgement of divinity by God that occurred in front of a small group of the disciples. We then begin the season of Lent on Ash Wednesday. You may have heard of celebrations like Mardi Gras and Fat or of Tuesday. These are celebrations that prepare us for the fast of the season of Lent in the days leading up to Ash Wednesday. The season of Lent lasts for 40 days, not including the Sundays contained therein. The season of Lent is a time of penitence and preparation for the betrayal of Christ, his death, and his resurrection, we often mark this season by engaging in a fast, by giving up some form of excess in our life in order to better connect ourselves to God. The events of Jesus's betrayal and death are observed throughout Holy Week, the days of the final week of Lent, which afford specific observances as we prepare for Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday begins the great Easter season where we celebrate Christ's resurrection and appearance on creation in resurrected form for 50 days, which is notably longer than Lent before Christ's ultimate ascension to heaven. We then celebrate with great fervor the birth of the church as we celebrate the feast of the Pentecost, honoring the appearance of the Holy Spirit among the followers of Christ who were unsure of what was coming next now that Christ had left to be with God. Following the Feast of Pentecost, we enter once more into a season of ordinary time. As we listen to the parables, teachings, and examples of ministry from Christ, and continue to grow in our knowledge and understanding of the faith. Other celebrations for important figures in church history, including various saints, occur throughout the course of the year but rarely take precedence on Sundays over the church calendar. One final celebration that we do have is held on the first Sunday in November each year when we transfer or move the Feast of All Saints, which is traditionally observed on November 1st, in order to coincide with our Sunday worship. We do this because this is an important offering of worship as it connects us to those who have gone before and those yet to come in the tradition and history of our church. And it often includes, at the very least, a renewal of baptismal vows, if not the baptism of new Christians. The liturgical calendar gives structure to our practice of faith and provides us with opportunities to prepare with intention for the major feasts or holidays of our Christian tradition. It is another way of providing a sense of balance in our life of faith, guiding us through the year. Much like our liturgy, the sense of balance and rhythm in the church calendar becomes familiar and comforting year after year, welcoming us into each season and welcoming us back when we've experienced time away. Thank you for joining me this week as we've explored what the church calendar is and means for the Episcopal Church. I hope you'll join me next week as we explore our focus on welcoming children, youth, and families. Until then, may God's blessing be with you, and know that my door is always open if you have more questions. Just drop me an email at nic.sslv.org, and we can find a time to meet, share a cup of coffee or tea, and talk more about this church that I love.